Welcome. You're listening to The Aligned Self, conversations in creating a conscious and abundant life. This is Daniel DeNovi. I'll be your guide and host. Let's see just where we can take this. Hello, friend, and welcome into this Quotable Monday. Now, typically, I feature a quote from someone famous, someone significant in history. Well, this is significant in my history. I grew up in a small town south of Flint, Michigan. And when I would go to Flint, I would take US-23. And where I-75 merges into US-23, there used to be a huge billboard. And that billboard typically carried Buick advertising. You see, Flint used to be the home of Buick Town. And Buick Town was a huge manufacturing facility, and it employed thousands of people until General Motors decided to close it down. It was outdated, and it probably needed to be shut down, but I don't think Flint has ever recovered completely since then. But anyways, when I would go to Flint to either go to school, go to college, or go shopping, or go to my job, I would take 23, and as it rounded and merged with 75, I would see this big billboard, and it said Buick Town, and it had a picture of a brand new Buick for that year, and underneath were the words, after all, life is to enjoy. And that phrase always made me smile. I would read it over and over again, daily sometimes, after all, life is to enjoy. And I really took that to heart. I completely believe that life is to be enjoyed. That's the main purpose. That's why we're here, to create our life, to create the life of our design. Not to acquiesce to somebody else's plan, but to really design our life. That is, in my estimation, the epic adventure. To discover and create who you are and to create a life of your design. That your life is the story of your self-expression. So in recounting that memory of reading that phrase on a regular basis, I thought it would be perfect as a setup for us to discuss the framework for shifting your vibration. And in this conversation, it's serving two purposes. One is to give you the framework for shifting and changing, upgrading your vibration, but also uh, giving you an idea of what I plan to put forth in my new course. And I originally, I said it was an online workshop, but I decided it was too important, too big to just leave in one tiny little workshop. So there's going to be some supporting material. The workshop on December 3rd is going to be an intensive where I cover a lot of the basics, a lot of the frameworks that I use, and some of it I'll touch upon here. Some of it, I can't do all of it, but some of it I'll touch upon here. And it, I'll introduce the frameworks and the practices in upgrading and raising your vibration. And if you take it on, if you take this practice on and commit to it, when I say commit, you are responsible and take it on as a priority in your life and commitment. Some people have problems with commitment because they don't want to be tied down. But, uh, you know, the upside to this, and this is where I believe a commitment sits. A commitment is a decision, a choice that you make because you get to your bones the long-term value of staying the course. When we first make a decision, and this happens every year at, in New Year's, where people create a resolution or several 
resolutions for their life and with the best of intentions, thinking that this year, this year is going to be completely different. Yet, after just a month, maybe not even a week, those intentions fall to the wayside because it's not part, they are not part of our self-identity. We're not aligned with those intentions. We haven't aligned our thinking, our behavior, and our emotions with the fulfillment of that intention. We're just not aligned yet. And as a consequence, you know, we set forth, the enthusiasm is high. We think that enthusiasm is going to carry us through. Yet, as life shows up in the the pull of the mundane, from working and family life and just, you know, going to sleep and getting up, just maintaining the household, there is a pull that takes and sucks the enthusiasm away from your intentions. And this is why a commitment, also when you're committed to a partner, you know, you get the long-term value of staying the course even when the road is bumpy. And when we create these intentions, we're earnest when we throw them out there. Yet we don't back it up. We don't back it up with how we're being. We don't back it up with a real commitment. And if I haven't made the point yet, a commitment doesn't mean a have to. It's not an obligation. It's a choice. It's a considered choice that you make. And as a considered choice, you can change your mind down the road. But in that commitment, you rally all your resources, you show up full out, ready to play, full out, and you don't hold back. And this is what's required, especially around shifting your vibration. This is, you know, your vibration is your way of being. It's your habitual way of being. You've trained yourself to feel a particular way, to interact in the world with a certain amount of energy. And like I discussed in the previous episode, it doesn't mean that you won't have highs, you won't have lows, but it you kind of hover around this homeostasis, this range of normalcy or constancy in how you feel from day to day. And it's how other people know you. Now, I think it's interesting, speaking of other people's expectations, is when you upgrade your vibration other people are going to notice. They're going to wonder, what the heck is going on with you? What's, you know, did you win the lottery or what? Because they will notice an improved display of emotion. They'll sense your vibe. It is the constant broadcast that you send out in all directions. And that's what magnetizes your desires. You attract those things that are alike or in alignment with your vibration. And if you're not currently attracting the things that you want, where it feels like you you do the practices, you say the affirmations, yet you're still being denied, the universe just isn't showing up or ponying up, you know, what your intention is, then you are not yet aligned vibrationally with your intention. Because once you're aligned, it is inevitable. But... To go back, we do have to show up with commitment to shift your vibration because it is a habitual way of being. And so since it's a habitual way of being, most of it occurs outside your conscious awareness. It's other than conscious, it's subconscious. And so through that commitment, we begin interrupting the pattern of the day-to-day, your habitual way of being. And how we do this is through a pattern interrupt which is basically anything that is different than you normally do. 
And that can involve different thinking, different thoughts, and different ways of behaving, different actions. Now, William James, the father of American psychology, said this, The fastest way to shift your emotions, which is your vibration, the fastest way to shift your emotions is to move your body. In the previous episode, I discussed how we are a psychic soma being. So there's two aspects to our vibration, what we think and how we act. And because we are an integrated whole, both animal and spirit, spirit is the the etheric, the thinking, the fifth dimensional aspect to us, and the animal is our body. Because we're an integrated whole, there is a communication loop that goes between from the body to the mind, which basically, well, let me say it again a different way. How you use the body affects the mind. How you use the mind affects the body. The fastest way to shift the entire system is to move your body or to act in a different way. And this plugs into the Newtonian concept that a body in motion tends to remain in motion unless acted upon by an outside force. And so when we interrupt the pattern, what we're doing is interrupting this habitual way of being. We're setting yourself off course, which opens up possibility. Now, it's not way off course, but we're interrupting the normal flow of neural information, basically how your nervous system works. Let me say it a different way, and I'll use the words of neuropsychologist Donald Hebb. He said this in the late 40s, neurons that fire together, wire together. Let me give you a visual example. One of my favorite places on the planet is Sleeping Bear Dunes in northern Michigan. I haven't been there in a long time, but I've always just loved to go there. And by and large, though, it is a pristine environment. The Park Service really does a good job, and they have some dedicated paths, paths that they like everyone to walk on. They don't want you going off the path because once you do, you begin interrupting the grasses that are growing and kind of holding everything together because it is a sand dune, and so there's natural grasses that are growing. And so when you all, or people in general, walk off the path, they start to interrupt the flow of traffic. And there's people all over, the, a lot of people visit the dunes. So they try and keep you on a path, because once you veer off the path, pattern interrupt, you start creating a new path, and then it begins to erode the whole system. But unless you're like me, who's typically trying to go off path, most people acquiesce. They just naturally go towards and follow the tried and true path on their way to wherever they're going. It's just easier than forging a new path. And so a pattern in the body, a pattern, a way of being, a habitual pattern of thoughts, and a thought is a series of neural connections An action is a series of neurons that are fired in order to create an action, create movement. If you practice it enough times, it gets laid down. They're wired together to where it's a habit. It's automatic. It's in the subconscious. And this is why the armed forces and the police department always say that in a crisis, you default to your training. And the hope behind that phrase is that you are well-trained, that you've been trained in the right circumstances, with the right responses, because when the crap hits the fan, when the the energy is high, the fear is high on both sides, people 
stop thinking with their rational mind and they default to their training or the practices that have been wired in. So let me sum this up so far. So you have practices of behaviors and vibrations and ways of being in the world that are habitual in nature and they're hardwired in your system. And when you interrupt the pattern in order to move in a new direction to open up possibility, it's slightly uncomfortable sometimes. Even when you're practicing joy, even when you're practicing fun, if you're not used to doing that, then it is outside your comfort zone. And it will be fine for a while, but given enough time, you will gravitate back towards homeostasis. You will gravitate back towards your habitual way of being. And I have to admit, this is one of the complaints that a lot of neophytes have in this realm of law of attraction, is that they get um, tired of trying to be high vibe when it's not a practice state. And they just want permission to feel bad or feel less than amazing. They don't want to feel guilty. Because everyone preaches, you know, be in a high vibe state, high vibe state. And sometimes that's difficult when it's not been practiced. Because, remember, we revert back to our training. So I'm saying this so you don't feel guilty. You give yourself permission to feel a little roughness while you're creating a new vibration, a new way of being in the world. But this is where it gets interesting as far as neuroscience goes. When we create circumstances, when we're trying something new, adapting a new skill set, and it's uncomfortable, when we meet with failure, that's actually when our brains start to grow. That's where neuroplasticity comes into play. Because if you don't deviate too far outside of your comfort zone, then your brain will just acquiesce to the neurons that are already wired together. It's, you know, that's a done deal. That's a pattern that's already there. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. But when we encounter a failure, when we create some discomfort, when we push the boundaries of the comfort zone, kind of stretch our comfort zone, then our brain says, hey, we're trying to learn a new skill here. Let's rally the forces. Let's start growing some new neurons and shunting blood over there. And your, your body begins to adapt to a new way of being. And so you need those failures. You need those that feeling of being incomplete, of not being able to hold the vibration in order for you to actually grow. You need to be incomplete, go back to homeostasis and begin again. And it's just like creating a new pathway. Not just like, it is. It is creating a new pathway. And so through this process, you're going to experience what is called the training effect. And what the training effect is, is you need to stress the system with enough intensity for a long enough duration in order to activate the growth event. And if you use muscle building as an example, you basically do enough reps or enough exercises to where you begin to fatigue the muscle, to where you can barely do any more reps, but not so much more to where you're really, really sore the next day. But that soreness... That soreness, that uncomfortableness when we're changing our vibration, that soreness in the muscle, it, we're actually tearing down the fibers. And then overnight, while we're in recovery, they're going to rebuild. They're going to build back bigger and stronger to adapt to the new stress. 
Now, I'm going to use the word calibrate, and if you've listened to Abraham Hicks, they use calibrate in a different way. So I'll just tell you how I'm using it. When I approach a client, when I approach somebody new, I calibrate to them. I basically, I open up and I tune into how they're being. And if I'm working with a client, I may ask them a series of yes questions that they need to answer yes to. So I can calibrate to their baseline response of what an affirmative answer is. That way, in my investigation, in my inquiry as to what they're working with, I can see visually when there's an interruption from the other than conscious mind that disagrees with what they're saying. Basically, I can tell when they're lying. So if I simplify that explanation, how I use calibration is where we tune into the body, tune into the system when there's no pressure to tune in and feel, get a sense of, calibrate to what is a yes and no answer. When I teach intuition, I have you answer some yes questions and then tune into your body. What does yes feel like? Where do you feel in your body? Is it growing? Is it, you know, what is the sense of it? Is it rough? Is it smooth? Like really get granular as far as the distinctions about that. Those are referred to as submodalities in NLP. But I... You can either look that up or forget it. I just don't want to, I just want to give you the information if you're so inclined to dig deeper or, hey, attend my workshop and, you know, get involved in the course and I'll I'll explain it all. But we calibrate to that inner knowing. And this is what we need to do is basically find out where are you currently and think in terms of GPS. Whenever we set a destination, it takes an assessment. Where are you currently? Where do you want to go? And then it maps a route or a route between here and there. And what that GPS does is it calibrates to the route. And if you deviate from the route, it says, wait a minute, something's wrong to take the next legal U-turn. And and it gives you course corrects. It starts recalculating the route. Now, when you're doing it from the vibrational set point, vibrational stance, you tune into how you feel right now. And if I was working with you one-on-one, we'd take a look at how much tension is in your shoulders. What is your posture like? How are you breathing? Where are you breathing? Is it high in the chest, low in the chest, from the diaphragm? And then I could also take an assessment of your nonverbal cues as to what's going on in your body. But you can do this, just tuning in. How do you feel? Where do you feel it? And then just try and quantify it in some way. Because this is how you establish a baseline by which you can calibrate to. And once you shift your vibration, you know there's a difference. You can feel the difference. And then you calibrate to that higher vibration and tune into that. And those higher vibe states are going to be joy, satisfaction, love, you know, feel good, feel good states. That's a higher vibration. Not that a lower vibration is any less worthy of your attention. It's just a lower vibratory state. I'm just saying the facts. And every vibrational state is a point of attraction. You are going to attract circumstances, people, events that are in alignment, vibrationally in alignment with whatever state, predominant state you are in. That is, in a nutshell, law of attraction. So, let's get a little out of the theory side of it and into some practical ideas. 
So if the fastest way to shift your emotion, shift your vibration is to move your body and a body at rest tends to remain at rest unless impacted upon by an outside force, then you make a decision to move your body. And my friend, there's a number of ways that we can do this. You can stand where you are and run in place. You can do jumping jacks, you know, drop down and give me 20. You can turn around. You can raise your hands in the sky, clap your hands together, yell, hey. There's lots of different ways that you can begin shifting your body in a way that is not normal or your typical way of being, your habitual way of being. So you want to move your body in a way where you're going to get out of your rut. Here's an aphorism that was born in the 60s. If you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always gotten. If you want a new response, you need to do something new. Some other ways of moving our bodies, sometimes just going out and grounding yourself, going barefoot on the ground, standing out there for two to five minutes. You actually decharge, discharge the body. Negative ions are pulled from the earth We have a symbiotic relationship with the earth. We require the earth. It neutralizes our energy. It balances our energy. So you can go out and ground. Or you could even go for a swim. And especially this time of year where I live in Fort Worth, the temperature of the pool right now is about 45, 55 degrees. So I could take a quick plunge and really shift my state. If you don't want to take a cold plunge, you can use the shower. You can just take a regular shower or you can take a warm shower and then finish it off with the cold water. Some other things that I've done is I'll take a nap, I'll go for a walk, I'll go for a run. Uh, I'll do anything to move my body outside of my current state or in other words, incongruent with my current state. Because once I start moving my body it sends a signal to my brain to start changing my biochemistry to match my movement. And our biochemistry gives rise to our emotions, or actually is our emotions. Our biochemistry equals. Remember, the fastest way to shift your emotional vibrational state is to move your body. Now, here's some other more simpler, or is it more simpler? Some simpler things that you can do that don't really require you getting sweaty. You can make and if, you, if you're like stuck, you can't move, it's like you're kind of like blah, yet you know you have to make some movement on, you know, a project or a goal or something, you can begin to shift your state by making yourself a short list of dinky-do items, little small items that you can quickly, you know, accomplish and then check off on your list. There's a sense of accomplishment when you can check something off on that list. I know people that have a to-do list and they do something that's not on the list, then they write that item on the list and then check it off (laughs) just so they feel like they're accomplishing something. Another thing I've done is I've cleaned the bathroom or the dishes. Now, it's important to know that, you know, engaging in some of these actions is not you... um, avoiding or being in the avoidance behavior of really making progress where there's really fear there. But there's nothing wrong with engaging in some of these seemingly trivial actions in order to begin shifting your vibration, shifting the movement in your mind and your body. If it's a habitual response to facing a goal, then there's another approach you need to take. You need to get your mind aligned with completing 
on that task. There's some fear there, and so we need to overcome that, but that's another podcast. Or we'll cover that in the workshop. But some other things I've done is I've gone for a drive, or I'll uh, just go to the store just for a change of scene, just for something different. I'll go out and talk to some people. I'll strike up a conversation. You know, what do you think the price is on these apples? Or something that uh, I've been doing more lately because our autistic son likes doing it is to go to an antique store and look around. I've been learning a lot about history. But I want to take a moment and tie it back to my original phrase that I, I threw out there. After all, life is meant to be enjoyed, which means that your vibration is the most important thing that you can focus on in your life. For your own sanity, You need to focus on your vibrational state. You need to make it a priority. Now, interestingly enough, I just watched a documentary last night, and I totally recommend it. It's on Netflix, and if I remember the name, it's Stutz. It's Stutz. It's about a psychologist, uh, Jonah Hill's psychologist, and Philip Stutz has a particular approach in working with clients, and I actually adore him. I love him because it's very similar to how I coach. I don't like asking open-ended questions and leading you around and getting you to tell me. I can pick up on your patterns, what the issue is, what the problem is, and I can give you direct advice. I don't like drawing things out. I like to get you to change like quick, quick, quick. Not that change is always quick, but transformation, once you knock down a few pebbles down the hill, you can create an avalanche of change that you just can't get to if you take the indirect approach. So I highly recommend you watch this documentary, Stutz. And I've learned a couple things that I've put in my toolbox, and I'm utilizing those. But one of the things that he talks about, in the absence of a goal, that it's incumbent upon you to focus on your life force. You see, if you don't have the motivation to create a huge intention, if you can't think of what you want to create in the world, then just focus on feeling better. Focus on your body. Focus on your nutrition. Exercising in order to feed your vibration. Feed your emotional state. And then start thinking thoughts that are in alignment with a higher vibe state. And since we're talking about thinking now, or I'm talking about thinking now, we'll address the psychic aspect of the psychic soma loop, of that communication loop. And so we want to pick or start talking or utilizing vocabulary that is uplifting, speaks in possibility, that is tied to abundance, not scarcity. When dealing with problems, Stop focusing on the problems and become solution-oriented. What's the possibility here? How does this now serve me? What does this now make possible? So there's frameworks of things you can say to yourself to begin shifting your focus, shifting your awareness, and engaging your reticular activating system to guide you to, and if you don't know what the reticular activating system is, look it up. Because I've discussed it before, and it requires a little bit of an explanation, but just know that you're engaging an aspect of your brain that is your internal GPS. Once you begin focusing on a particular item, your brain, your other-than-conscious mind begins searching out your environment for circumstances, events, people that are in alignment with the criteria that you've set forth as important. There, I just explained it. The other things you can do to engage the mind is create a gratitude practice, and this is actually at the center of my workshop. 
because gratitude has all the gratitude is a state. It's a state of being, of giving and receiving. See, in order to attract, you have to be open to receive. So gratitude opens up the pathways of receiving. It is one of the more powerful things you can do. And then the other thing you can do when you're talking about other people, if you can't find anything positive to say, it's not worth saying. And that's really important because if you begin criticizing or complaining about other people, about your life, you tend to wire your reticular activating system to look for other things by which you can complain about. Just a few days or a week of looking for the good of not complaining, not gossiping about other people begins to raise your vibration. It begins to rewire your brain. You start paying attention to different things in the world. And remember, as you're beginning to shift your vibration, feeling better, invigorated with the sense of verb and pulse of life, you want to calibrate to that. And when you go astray, when you feel less than amazing, then you're aware of it. You don't allow it. You begin shifting your behavior, shifting your thinking in order to get back into that higher vibe state. Now, I'm going to tell you something about myself that you're probably going to find hard to believe, but sometimes I get angry. I don't get angry very often, and I don't get angry just to get angry. I get angry when I'm disappointed. I get angry when, you know, a promise has been broken, or there's behavior that is out of alignment or incongruent with what was promised. Now, anger to me is an emotion that needs to fuel an action. I need to be able to do something in order to move forward, change the situation. Because if we just tolerate a situation, we don't really get angry about it. We just kind of play it off like, it's okay. It'll be all right then we tend to set it up that this behavior, this action, this circumstance will occur again and again and again because we don't want to put a stop to it. But the point I really want to make here is that because I've conditioned feeling good as my habitual way of being, by and large, when I get angry, it is actually sickening to my system. It's unsettling. It's uncomfortable. I can't stay there. And that's really the place where you want to end up is that feeling good is such a natural way of being is that these lower mucky muck feelings just are so uncomfortable to be with that you'd rather not even go there. Now, with that said, it is important when they come up to acknowledge each and every emotion that is there, acknowledge that it's there, and then allow it to be there for as long as it needs to be realizing that it's there because you're running your brain in a particular way or that you've been slighted or you have felt hurt in some way. And so we want to address what's there, what's underneath and heal that aspect and then let it go. Then we can move to a higher vibe state, but you want to honor your feelings, honor your grief, honor your disappointment, honor your anger, I can remember there was a banking situation that they were holding some funds, several, you know, five digits of funds, and it was, I was going to bounce some checks and like they wouldn't release it. And they kept referring me to this department and that department and this department. Then there was a department that I couldn't even reach because they were secret. And that situation, every time I thought about it, I got angry about it and I realized it well, there's, I'm done. All I can do, I just have to play the game. And when it happens, it happens. 
because staying angry about it, fuming over it, mulling around in it, wasn't going to solve it. I talked to the people that I needed to talk to. I made as many phone calls as I needed to make. I was in action, but there was a point where I needed to let it go. But I allowed myself to be angry for two and a half weeks. But with that said, I wasn't angry all the time, only when I thought about it. So what I gave you is kind of the framework of how I approach changing state, changing vibration, how I'm doing it inside my course, inside my workshop, and how I do it with clients, and how I do it with myself. And we talked about neuroscience, we talked about neuroplasticity, and rewiring your nervous system, breaking a habit of thinking, interrupting patterns. What we didn't talk about, I didn't talk about meditation, I didn't talk about guided meditations, I didn't talk about eliciting states, positive states, from the past, how they don't have to be tied to anything, anything physical. You can just think it up because your brain doesn't know the difference between a real event and one vividly imagined. And I'll get into that in a future episode here. But other things I didn't talk about that I utilize in my course and in my my workshops is anchoring or creating a trigger to where you can access these feelings on demand I I can raise my hands and I give a little yell and I access all the feelings like in an instant of what it's like to be on a roller coaster. And my friend, I love roller coasters. And, And speaking of fun and frivolity, we didn't talk about laughter. We didn't talk about comedy clubs or there's so many different ways to shift your state. I am full of ideas. And if all that I've talked about so far feels a little bit cumbersome, feels a little bit overwhelming, then by all means, do yourself a favor and get yourself in the course. Get yourself attending the workshop, and you don't have to attend it live. I'm going to record the three-hour intensive on December 3rd, and I'm going to make that available as part of the course. And it's going to be a lot more expensive when I'm all done with it than what you're going to get if you participate in it now. And you'll have interaction with me over the next 30 days, 30 to 60 days to help integrate the course too. Because I guarantee it. I guarantee it's going to be uplifting. It's going to improve your life. It's going to shift your life. Because if you change your emotion, if you change your vibration, change the energy by which you move about the world with, you change who you are. In fact, you can't change anything in your life until you change your vibration and align it in a way with what you intend. Hence, the aligned self. So if you want to learn more about the High Vibe Life workshop slash course, go to yesdaniel.com. And if you're listening to this, catching up in the past or in the future, in the future, like maybe you're listening to this a year from now, the course will be there in my vault. You'll have access to it, but whether you get involved in my course or not, make your vibration a priority. Make it the most important thing in your day. Commit to it every day to do something to make yourself feel better, to lead yourself to a better expression in life. Be responsible, as as Phil Stutz says, your life force. And as Daniel Danovi says, be engaged in the epic adventure. So until next time, this is your friend and host, Daniel Danovi, urging you to follow your bliss. Live your life from inner signals, be inner directed as you engage in the epic adventure. <laughs>